Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Byteclear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Byteclear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at That's Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hey, y'all. Seven rounds in heaven is back. We're brought to you by Sports Drink. It's the best time of the year, the time when half the tweets on the timeline are hyping up rookies making routine plays against air. It is I, Rob Paul, a.k.a. the guy whose Peacock subscription is finally paying off. And joining me, as always, is AJ. Bring the draft lottery to the NFL, Marchese. Oh, baby. You know, I can't, how, how good do you think Roger would have that bad boy rigged? He'd be the best at rigging it, wouldn't he? He, he would be so good at rigging oh, it. He would. I was looking at, this is off topic right off the top, but I was looking at the uh, what the odds would be for the draft lottery in the NFL for 2024 based off Super Bowl odds. And let's just say... Uh, Caleb Williams, welcome to Pittsburgh. <laughs> Today we'll be breaking down the AFC South's 2023 NFL Draft classes. Let's hit it. Seven. 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 Seven rounds in heaven with my baby. Driving out. To Casey, maybe looking for Stroud or a Bryce Young. Who's gonna wear a Hawaiian shirt today? Who's gonna put ketchup on a stick? Who's gonna, gonna find a steal in the fifth? The home team. Let's go seven rounds. Let's go seven rounds together. Let's go seven rounds forever. And, and that's, that's a song. Today's episode of Seven Rounds in Heaven is brought to you by Sports Drink, your digital water cooler. Sports Drink is a newly created internet community that tries to find the intersection of sports and not sports. They're here to help us grow and to hate your favorite team. Rising tide lifts all boats, so go check them out online or on social. Go to sportsdrink.org or open Instagram and type in at sportsdrink, spelled like sports drink without the vowels. All we ask is that you close the door behind you. We're trying not to let the funk out. If there were a draft lottery in the NFL, maybe the Houston Texans would have ended up with uh, the number one pick. Mm. I mean, they should they should have just ended up with it anyways. Those they fucked up. No, so. Lovey Smith's the goat. <laughs> well, Lovey's uh, the goat, yeah. But. And if they had the number one pick, guess what? They'd still take C.J. Stroud because he can see over the offensive line. Whoa. Why are you taking shots at you? Whoa, did you see how small Bryce Young looked at, <laughs> at rookie minicamp? That was photoshopped. That was for sure photoshopped. Uh, I, lo- I love the Twitter timeline. It's the, the worst. The NFL Twitter timeline during rookie minicamp. There's nothing else going on. So there's like either a lot of hype for rookies doing nothing or something against there, or there's like negative comments about them, but it's like... It's the worst. Jamar Chase couldn't catch the football until uh, yeah. week one of the NFL well, season, from what I heard. So. Until they put stripes on it again. Uh, okay. Houston Texans. They had the second and the third pick, because Nick Casario ain't messing around, folks. Ain't messing around. 
But let's start with C.J. Stroud, who they took second overall, of course, after Bryce Young went one. Um, we had that horrific discourse and borderline character assassinations um, against C.J. Stroud throughout the process. Uh, the S2 test became the most annoying topic on the timeline for, for a couple weeks there. Uh, but ultimately, in the end, C.J. Stroud still goes number two because you throw on the tape, you have two years of pristine tape at Ohio State against marquee competition. Uh, obviously, his biggest game being his last game against Georgia, where he finally showed that the ability to consistently make plays out of structure. But ultimately, I mean, the Texans get their guy here, right, AJ? They got their guy, Rob. Um, yeah, absolutely. And I think they... I mean, obviously, we'll talk trade up in a second, but I think they played it smart the order that they, you know, that they did it in. But yeah, I'm happy they they took Stroud. You know, all the talk of them like Tyree Wilson was in the mix for a while, according to mock drafty people. Um, I'm very glad I haven't heard the word S two in in two weeks since you just said it, Rob. Uh, if CJ Stroud struggles, though, get ready. It's gonna suck. Yeah, and then if if he doesn't struggle, if he like, I don't think he will. Uh, you can always hold that over them, so it's great. Um, or they'll just forget about it and move on to something else. Um, but yeah, I, I think I think obviously this had to be the pick here at two. Um, I'm excited to see what they. they no, I I don't know how, how quickly I don't know how good this team is going to look this year, and that's maybe you know a little bit more concerning for what they did to, uh, in their next pick. But yeah, um, I, I'd also like to mention it wasn't talked about much because the Texans at two, it felt like. They were just getting linked to not C.J. Stroud prospects yeah. uh, because the S2 stuff. But it always made sense that C.J. Stroud would fit what Bobby Sloak is going to try to do with that offense coming over from the Kyle Shanahan tree. Like, C.J. Stroud is a precise pocket passer, yeah. the most accurate quarterback in the class. Like, not to use, like, I hate to use Brock Purdy because it's <laughs> silly. He was Mr. Relevant. But, like, Brock Purdy had so much success because he's – a decisive and accurate quarterback who doesn't try to go beyond his skill set. Like, so to me at minimum, like CJ Stroud's going to be an average quarterback in this offense, as long as the pieces are around him. And I think he's going to be much better than average. Yeah, I think um, so too. And like, they aren't in the worst offensive line situation pretty much because they have a franchise left tackle. Mm-hmm. They have two starting caliber guards uh, and a, a starting caliber right tackle. It's kind of figuring out that center position, which they may have used a draft pick on, um, Spoilers, but yeah. I, I don't. I, I I don't know that he'll start week one. I think he should, um, but I think he'll be fine. I think he'll look like a competent quarterback from the hop. I think he'll end up starting week one if I were to put money on I, it. I think I I would say all three of them do, all three of the quarterbacks. I think I think Keenum, uh, Davis Mills, and Stroud are going to start week yeah, one. Three quarterback system. Uh, third overall though, the Texans trade back up. Nick Casario wanted, I guess, his guy. Nick Casario wanted D'Amico Ryan's guy. Yeah. The best edge rusher in the class, Will Anderson. They trade up. They kind of mortgage next year's draft to do it. They ship a first-round pick to the Arizona Cardinals, which puts the Cardinals in position to potentially have two top five, if not top three picks next year. <laughs> um, which, in the Caleb Williams-Drake May draft, the Toronto Raptors just got the 13th pick. Damn it. I thought we were going to get Victor. Damn it. Um... But hey, Will Will Anderson, I, like I'm trying to talk about it 
without letting the kind of the trade overshadow yeah. the player that they're getting in Will Anderson, which is a top two player in the class and NFL ready edge rusher. A, a, I mean, one of the, plays one of the most important positions and a guy I think D'Amico Ryans is going to get the most out of. Yeah, it's. It, I think it's. I mean, it's, it's not hard to, to look past the trade, but like I think you got to put the context in there too. Uh, but that's years away, so you're right. Um, yeah, I think Will Anderson was either the best or the second best prospect in this draft, uh, in most people's opinion, right? Um, they needed that difference maker along the defensive line. They have some, you know, playmakers in the back end. He's definitely this piece. That, like, I think this defense that's been so. I don't know, hapless and awful the last two seasons. I think it's going to look, I think it's going to get, make big strides this year. I think it'll probably make, it could make greater strides than the offense will, right? Because, um, I mean, at least the offense wasn't in shambles the entirety under the Davis Mills reign. But um, no, I think, I think, I like the boldness. It's scary because your team doesn't look, you know, it, it looks like it's picking top five again next year. And you know Marvin Harrison would have looked very good, you know, reunited with Cedric Stroud. But that, that that aside, I love it. I, I like the aggressiveness, and it's going to be very interesting. I don't. I think both of these picks are going to hit big. You know, like I, the prospects that they did this for were, were made sense, right? CJ Stroud to me, highest floor quarterback in this class. Uh, will Anderson to be highest floor player in this class. I don't see yeah. a world in which Will Anderson's not a productive starter. Whether like. He becomes that all-pro double-digit sack guy. I don't necessarily think that, but I think he can consistently be an eight to maybe twelve sack guy who's dominant against the run, captain, and plays his his, his ass off. And yeah, D'Amico Ryan just needs football players to kind of build around. They get a cornerstone player on offense and defense. Um, Will Anderson's so good on, on stunts on games, and and D'Amico Ryan's gonna like get those going like he did in San Francisco. Um, I I just... I, I It's hard, again, because the trade, they paid a lot to move up for Will Anderson. But at least at the end of the day, I know they're getting a cornerstone defensive player with a super high floor. Yeah. I, I mean, that said, if, like, theoretically they took Anderson and then trade off for Stroud... Feels like people would swallow that a lot easier, right? Even though it's the same I, I, thing. It, yeah. See, I, my my trouble with that is like people saying that, and it's like, well, they still. It's the exact same thing. Yeah, it's not different. It just sounds different, but it's not different. Well, perception but, is everything, Rob. But it's not different. Like, no, of course like, not. Because I mean, yeah. Um, <laughs> is Will Anderson going to be worth all those players? Probably not. But at the same time, maybe the Texans overachieved. Maybe yeah. maybe that pick they sent to Arizona ends up being pick 14. How, how worried are we about it then? I don't think that will be the case, but still. I, I think as long as it's not top five, they feel okay. And, I mean, as long as Will Anderson's good, which, I, again, like I said, I think he's the highest floor player in the class. Um, I think double-digit sack in year-in, year-out is potential. Like that, That's definitely there. I think he can hit that. He still needs to develop kind of more to the passer ship yeah. before, but... I, you're getting a guy again who's a terror on on games up front. He's a very um, consistent power rusher, great converting speed to power, great long arm move. It's kind of kind of put it working in a counter move, and I think you unlock a beast. And and I mean, Tamika Ryan's I think is the type of coach who'll get the yeah, most out of him. Agreed. Um, and again, two two great players. I think. I mean, like, anyway, you stack it. Two of the top five players in the class, you're always happy when you come up with that. I, 
I guess, b- sorry, before before we, we keep going, yeah. just talking one more point about this trade. Yeah. Obviously, they, they move up from um, from from 12, yeah. right? Would you rather CJ Stroud and your picks, and then instead of Will Anderson, Lucas Van Ness? And then at 33, or, you would have gotten, I don't know who you're taking at 33. A better center than Juice Scruggs at 62. <laughs> yeah, okay, um, but even, yeah, yeah. Or like or like Nolan Smith at 12, or kind of, kind of pick any of the, like for me, it'd be Nolan Smith. I like him the most. I, I know you're a big Lucas Van Ness guy. Um, They're like back to back on my board. But I think like, by the way, I but, actually went but, to Van Van Ness, yeah. Yeah, or, or like for the people who like, Will McDonald or, or Felix and yeah. Duke Uzama or like you could theoretically trade back from twelve and, and if you if you like Nolan Smith for example and you trade back, I don't know. It's just I think in a couple of years unless Will Anderson becomes all world and the picks the Cardinals take bust. Yeah, like we'll we'll see those graphics where it'll be like this is what the Texans got, this is what the Cardinals got. Yeah, and it'll be hard to stomach. In almost no matter what, like the, it, it's hard for Will Anderson to live up to the value of what he was kind of traded for. Uh, well, at the same time, I think is it's a great pick and it's it's great for the franchise and the fan base. It's just like in the back of your head, every time you praise Will Anderson, I feel like you'll think about that a little bit. Well, sucks. also, but for the Cardinals, the, they'll they'll kick themselves because they traded out of thirty three. That's gonna be forever the Will Lavis selection. So. Good point. <laughs> but then you know, just um, to, just to throw that, then the Cardinals did trade from thirty three and picked up Ojolari too. They traded down to forty one. Yeah. So and they got a third round to pick next year and whoever else, right? So yeah, save it for the uh, NFC West. Probably just praise old man Monty, best GM in the NFL. Um, I also th- feel as if the the second and third round picks, mm. th- I think the Texans kind of reached on their guys because they were their guys. Uh, starting with Juice Scruggs, the Penn State center, who I thought we were both pretty big fans of. Yeah, uh, I liked him. I liked him kind of late fourth round. Yeah. He took him at sixty-two. Um, yeah, and in their defense, Joe Tipman, John Michael Schmitz, the clear top two centers, were off the board, and they were desperate for a center, no doubt. But man, that that felt that felt rich in the second round. Um, I know the centers kind of fell a little bit weird, like looking at Jake Andrews being the first one selected on day three. Mm-hmm. But what do you think of that one? Um, obviously, I love Juice Scruggs, but that's a massive reach. I even if Juice Scruggs hits, which I mean, I, I like again, I thought like I had him like one fifty, I think, but you know, I figured like take him the fourth round, and you're going to get a solid starting center, uh, but not plug and play. Like I don't think this is a guy that's plug and play and. At 62, you're taking a center that you expect to start week one or very soon after um, of his rookie season. And and, and them, the Texans specifically have, like, nothing going on at center. So, the, like, the, the door is open for him yeah. to plug and play. And to me, it's a guy they expect to plug and play. Um, I just, yeah, I don't know. Like, I thought he had a great East-West Shrine Bowl, and that obviously helped his stock a lot. I, I think he's... Pretty proficient pass blocking center. There's just, yeah, he doesn't sustain all that well, and like he could struggle to like he's a little bit undersized, a better um, kind of zone center, which is fine for their system. Like it's gonna work in what Bobby Silk's gonna yeah. do. I just don't know how high his ceiling is. Just I think limited overall athleticism and strength 
and size. Like, I feel like you would have been... I thought him and, like, Olu Olotimi were similar prospects. Yeah, I yeah, liked, yeah, for sure. You know, I like Juice more, but, you know, Olu like, went where he was, you know, more in, more in his range, right? So Yeah, like, to, to me, Juice Scruggs had the makeup of that day three center who super high IQ, technically sound, not going to blow you away as an athlete or with his size, mm-hmm. played a lot in college, and he's going to end up being, like, a solid starter one day. Like, you're happy if he's, like, your fourth, fifth best offensive lineman. And that's a guy um, you get I, at 120 and you're happy about it, you know? Yeah. But they got him at 62. So I thought that was a bit of a reach. Um, A lot of bit of a reach. Yeah, that's – again, I love I love the players, so super happy. But, yeah, I don't – I hope he proves us wrong. Me too. Um, and then it's 69, third round. I think you could argue – like, the argument for receiver being a huge need for the Texans kind of depends on how you feel about, um, one, Nico Collins' potential. Please no, I feel right. How, how you feel about John Mechie pre-draft, obviously, didn't play yeah. last year. No, I uh, feel right. As he dealt with cancer. And, and, and how much Robert Woods has left in the tank. Yeah. But uh, I think no matter what, they had to come away with a receiver. They took Tank Dell at 69, who, again, I thought Tank Dell might sneak into the back of the third round. Mm-hmm. Um just because of his route running ability and and uh, he had a pretty good senior bowl week. I, I think it was a little juiced up a bit. But, yeah, but um, I think that's what got him taken here, right? Or helped big time. But but at the same time, 5'8", 165, ran yeah. a four four nine. Like, he's not an elite athlete. He's a good athlete. I think he's more sudden than he is Absolutely. Straight explosive. Line. Yeah. Um, and I think he's a fun fit in this offense because I think what they're going to want to do with him is like using using Slowick's offense coming from Shanahan or looking at Sean McVay. Like they like to have that receiver you can involve as kind of that jet sweep guy, right? Like Robert mm-hmm. Woods always used to do it in L.A. Um, obviously, Debo Samuel does it yeah. in San Francisco, and I think that's probably what they want to develop Tank Dell into is that kind of move slot receiver and i don't think that's a player you should be taking at the 69th pick you know what i mean like i i love i love tank dell i didn't think he was a i, I agree with you i think he you know sticking into the top 100 it wouldn't have shocked me at all but doing it at 69 and like again i'm not a hot jalen hyatt stand but i thought it's a better prospect i thought tillman was a better prospect and if you wanted a more of a slot guy josh downs just on the board like i yeah. So what to me what separated it for them specifically because I do think Tank Dell's a really good fit in this offense is what he can do as more of a yak play like Josh mm-hmm. Josh Downs isn't is more of that like route running slot receiver chain mover um, Jalen Hyatt's the speedster doesn't run a lot of routes uh, I mean Cedric Tillman's more of the Nico Collins mold so yeah. I don't think they'd really be looking at yeah. him. Um, and and, and and the receivers kind of drop off. Like, Trey Tucker ends up going at 100, right? And so I think that's kind of what separated it for them is what he can do as that kind of motion player. Um, and I I don't know. I had a fourth-round grade on him. I see him more of – sorry, Victor's going to the, the Spurs. I was barely paying attention. It is crazy. Um, the Spurs are back. Rigged. Uh, <laughs> your Hornets got the second pick. Oh, overwhelmed. Um, but, like, yeah, I think he's like a Jamison Crowder type with a little bit more yak ability. Yeah. I mean, Tyler Scott won't win 33, right? Like, 
I don't know. That's still not that's still not the type of player you you're drafting. I, I, I think yeah, I forgot Tyler Scott fell. Like Tyler Scott, if they taken Tyler Scott at one oh nine, I'd feel way better about that, right? Yeah. Um, again, it just like the the board was kind of funky where they were picking, but I don't know. I just and again, this is a player who's who's a very small athlete, right? And it's the type of mold that doesn't hasn't been working out, and you see teams swinging on this early in the in the draft. You know, like I don't know. Um. We'll see. I, I think, again, with with him, it's going to be about, like, plan. How are they deploying him early? Is he going to be forced to play a lot early? He's going to be, like, if early on he's just, like, truly used as that fourth receiver who can be a bit of a motion guy. Like, I think best case is he's a tinier Robert Woods. But, like, at the same time, Robert Woods has, like, four inches and 30 pounds on him. So, mm-hmm. it's hard projection when he's that small. Yeah. Without elite athleticism. She just um, traded a seventh for 2-2. Two, two. Fourth round, I love this pick, though. Taking Dylan Horton, the TCU defensive lineman who kind of has the inside-out versatility, mm-hmm. super explosive, former uh, college safety. Um, I, I just like getting more guns up front for D'Amico Ryans to play with. Guy who's not the same type of players Will Anderson. Well, Will yeah. Anderson was deployed in a similar way. Like Will Anderson's more of that true edge rusher. Can, and, and, and Dylan Horton's more of that like five-tech four-eye who can play a bit up the edge. Um, I thought that was a good pick. Yeah, no, I like the Dylan Horton pick a lot. I had him like in the fourth round. Um, yeah, getting like more of a, a, a like a bit of a versatile guy on the front feels like what they what they kind of needed to add to. Um, like, yeah, like lose they lost a couple of those style of guys. No, I, I like I like the Horton pick a lot. Um, plus, like like they got a lot of bodies on the defensive front, but like not too many trustworthy bodies, you know. So, no, I think that, that that was way better than what they did on day two. Fifth round, 167, they take Alabama linebacker Henry Toa Toa. Um, this, this is later than I thought he would go. I thought yeah. he'd get overdrafted kind of just because he's the Alabama Mike linebacker. He's a really smart football player, um, even though he has some size and athleticism limitations. As a backup, Mike, the, what looks like it'll probably be Denzel Perriman. Uh, as the Texans like, I, I think that's it's good. Like, he he's got some potential to develop into something more. Really smart football player. I think he'll stick around for a while. Yeah, agreed. And adding them, you know, adding that here at you know pick one sixty seven, like you said, especially in this linebacker class, he could have been overdrafted. I liked him better than this. So, adding a player like him who you just said a good high IQ type of backer, that's that's a really solid pick. Another solid pick in the sixth round, mm-hmm. Notre Dame interior offensive lineman Jarrett Patterson. Getting him as like a swing depth guy, I think is awesome. He played guard this past year at Notre Dame. I think he's a better center than he yeah. is a guard. Um, but he can play all three interior spots. He's not going to blow you away, blow you away athletically, but a guy who, who plays with good technique, creates power in the run game, um, kind of sets the tone with kind of a bit of an asshole to his game. I like that one. Yeah, just a solid uh, backup at uh, all three interior positions. Getting that 201, like, I think about where, where I had him, too. Like, that's, that's a good pick. And then another receiver in the sixth round in Xavier Hutchinson from Iowa State, who feels like kind of the backup to Nico Collins type. Mm-hmm. Um, more of that ball-winning X. He, 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 I found him to be a little bit polarizing. Some of his tape was like, 
yeah very impressive and then other times not so much and not a guy who ran a lot of routes and has some speed questions but i thought he looked so good at times in contested catch and uh situations and he made he made a couple circus catches like uh, that's a that's a fun developmental kind of X receiver. Yeah, it's a good pick at two hundred five. No, I agree with you. Like, I agree. He's always just been a, <clears throat> a little inconsistent, but there's been glimpses of, of a you know. And I mean, he's had a, he had a really productive career at two hundred five. Um, with how the receivers fell, I think that's a really good pick. And then at two forty eight, they get Pittsburgh safety Brandon Hill, who kind of feels like the Jalen Petrie backup yeah. where he just like runs around the field, like a insane person. Uh, it leads to missed tackles, but he also just throws his body on the line. He plays real fast, real fast. Um, kind of has some questions in coverage and the lack of length inside the lack of weight is, are, are kind of concerning, but uh, interesting kind of whole player at the safety position. I like Brandon Hill a lot. I was a big Brandon Hill fan. So getting him here at like two forty eight, I think I had him like a hundred picks better than this on my board. So, yeah, I like that pick a lot. And, yeah, you're getting a good ball player, like you said, just plays his ass off. It's um, a good pick. I like I like their D3 a lot. They did a, they did a really good job on D3. I, I feel like they just got high-floor depth players, and that's what this roster needed. Yeah, they, no, absolutely. They need guys who are going to stick. Yeah, absolutely. And I feel like all of those guys have a chance to. Yeah, like I, I feel like all of them are very safe. Brandon Hill maybe a little less so, a little more upside but, like, a 248, like, great, mm-hmm. great. Uh, what would you end up giving them? I don't know. I was, a bit, I was torn between a, a B and a B plus. Me too. Because it's like, if I don't take into account the trade, they got the first or second best player in the class. They got yeah. the first or second best quarterback in the class. Um, theoretically, like, yeah, they reached on Juice Scruggs, but potential starting center, um, potential at least gadget receiver. I don't know. And then a lot of good depth players. Yeah, a very strong day three. I mean, I'll give him a B plus. I'll give him a B plus. I Will Anderson's a damn good football player. That's my. That's I'll, it. I'll do it too. Okay. Um, Will Anderson also has history on his side when it comes to year. There's rarely a edge rusher taken um, top three who doesn't win it. Uh, Aiden Hutchinson didn't. Yep. Michigan's not that good. No. Nope. Uh, but you know what is good? Where Michigan wins the Big Ten Championship every year. Indianapolis. Fuck. I could not. It's a perfect segue. <laughs> uh, the Indianapolis Colts and Chris Ballard just decided to draft all the biggest, most athletic guys who were on the board. And then also just like the safest slot receiver in the class. Yep. It's a perfect draft. Just Yep. No notes. No, that's it. <laughs> Moving on. Right. No, it's great. I, yeah, I thought the, the Colts had, to, to me, my three favorite drafts were Philly, Pittsburgh, and Indiana. Yeah, that's, I think those those are very strongly uh, top three. Um, and, and, and it starts with, one, their owner, Jim Irsay. It's been a wild card on Twitter. <laughs> Tweeting that they might take Will Levis on day two. That was awesome. It was awesome. Um, but... At four, they take Anthony Richardson, and to me, this was the best landing spot for Anthony Richardson because Shane Steichen knows how to get the most out of an athletic quarterback um, who maybe needs a little bit of work when it comes to uh, mechanics, just mm-hmm. seeing what he did with Jalen Hurts kind of the last two years, and, and with Justin Herbert, as Justin Herbert's play caller, his incredible rookie year, uh, he's knows how to get the most of an aggressive yeah. passer like yep. Herbert. Um 
so yeah, Richardson goes to this this team where Shane Seikens can get the most. Of it. Like we've never seen a quarterback as big as athletic as him. He has a cannon of an arm. He's also, I think, a lot higher floor than given credit for. Absolutely. Um, People just really, assume he's so inaccurate, but that's not true. Yeah, it's. I think we all know why. Yeah. Um, he's also like very good in the pocket. Yeah, he is extending plays and remaining a passer and. He has a very good feel for navigating the pocket. It's very impressive. The biggest and, knock on Anthony Richardson is he hasn't had the reps. Like, that's it, right? Yeah, and, like, it's – and you see, like, sometimes his, he doesn't set his feet and he, he can miss some throws. Um, but you also see when he, he does get it right, and he, he's such a young player and yeah. he sees some development. And that Florida offense was – one, it was horrific what was around him skill-wise. Yeah. But two, two, it was, like – it was a legit pro-style offense. He was, like, doing things – that most other quarterbacks in this draft class were not doing. Um, and I, I feel like that also helps give him a higher floor, not to mention the fact that he is 6'4", 244, runs a, <laughs> runs a sub 4'5", and is explosive as all hell. Uh, I cannot wait to watch the Colts. I want to watch the Colts every game. I remember drafting for a, a rookie show, so I'm just be taking the Colts over every other team. still crazy that... Um... Emory Jones was starting over Anthony Richardson. Um, Wait, does this say like Bearcats quarterback? <laughs> um, yeah, I, I love I love this so much. I think I think you pointed out perfectly with Steichen. He just and he's going to put Richardson in the best position to to, to be successful. Um, I'm not sure if he'll start week one. You said all three are going to, um, but if 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 he doesn't have to, because I think Gardner Minshew is good enough to, to you know to to start for a few weeks. Um, if I were the Colts, fuck you. Get him ready. Let, let's go. Roll him out, baby. Yeah, like, to me, that's the thing. He needs reps. Like, yeah. that's the big bang. It's just like, Bazinga, let's start him. <laughs> I hate that I did that. <laughs> oh, okay. we got to get the show back on the rails after I'm that. I'm well. The <laughs> NBA draft lottery messed me up. Um, absolutely. <laughs> um, it's going to be like, like, I mean, more on Josh Downs later, but like, Looking at the weapons on this Colts offense is is going to be like I think he's going to open up so much more for Jonathan Taylor. You know, mm-hmm. just the threat of him keeping the ball and going, it's, which of course is going to be used too. Like you know, what I mean that running game is. I think that running game is going to click back in. The offensive line is going to look better than better it did last hope. year. Hopefully. I think when you look at the when you look at the three quarterbacks who went in the top four, Bryce Young is going to the situation with the best offensive line. Mm-hmm. Um. CJ Stroud's going into the situation with the second best offensive line and Richardson's the worst offensive line, but the I, best playmakers. Imagine saying that two years ago that the Colts offensive line would be the worst of the, that trio. Um, yeah, I think like the playmakers are very interesting. Obviously, Taylor is Jonathan Taylor, right? Um, I mean, I'm excited to see like what they get out of Jelani Woods in year two down, you know, his. The they same didn't monster. Yeah, they didn't use him enough last year. And then the the trio of um Michael Pittman who's I don't know, been a little bit up and down. Alec Pierce who but, had a what? Like Mike my, 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 Michael Pittman I think's a good number 2, but he's just yeah. been cast as a number 1, you know. Yeah, I agree. But like, you know, it's been very solid just moving the sticks and stuff like mm-hmm. that. Oh yeah. Pierce the downfield guy who flashed quite a bit as a rookie. I think Downs going to slot right in, no pun intended. And, and Pierce gives like Pierce didn't last year didn't really get the opportunity to be uh given the opportunity to do what he does best yeah just 
50-50 go balls, which Richardson's going to give to him. When he was, he looked pretty good. And then, you know, you got Isaiah McKenzie is a four if, if, if you want. You know, like, that's... And then, Pitt, then Pittman's, like, not really, like, a go ball guy. Mm-hmm. But he's a big body who moves the chains, does good work over the middle. Yeah. Bit of a tough guy. And then, yeah, Josh Downs, obviously, they took him in the third round. And he's... I, th- I think he'll be playing a lot early. Me too. Um, he's just such a refined route runner uh, and chain mover and, and kind of that safe safety net. I think that yeah. they really need to finish off that receiver core. And then, yeah, like Jelani Woods, a freak show down the seam. And the offensive line has potential too. They need to figure out the left tackle. But like if mm-hmm. Quentin Nelson can get back to what he was doing, Ryan Kelly kind of – it's funny. Like Ryan Kelly, Quentin Nelson, and Braden Smith all just kind of had down years at the yeah. same time. They didn't have a – like another like Will Fries isn't the answer at guard and and yeah. they ended up having to start uh, a very raw rookie who got better each week in, in Bernard Byman. Yeah, it's gonna be interesting. I know, and like I agree with you. It's gonna be fun to watch this team this year. I I, I don't know how good they're gonna be this year, but like I'm optimistic. No, and like I appreciate that Ballard focused on taking high upside, super athletic big guys. Yeah. They did in the second round. They needed a corner. They go get Julius Brents who. People might forget, but Shane Steichen retained Gus Bradley as defensive coordinator. That's the the move of the offseason. Julius Prince is a perfect Gus Bradley corner. He's long, he's physical, he's a freaky athlete. Uh, they're gonna they're like the only team that still plays like one high in the NFL. Uh, they need corners yeah. like Julius Prince and the other corner they took in the fifth round for that yeah. matter. Um, and in like this this corner room was bad last year. Yeah, and it's probably not gonna be very could this year on paper i think julius prince they're starting outside corner number one corner i think so like from day one i think so yeah um that corner room like it was it always felt like it was held together with like paper mache and it's just falling apart and hey they're building back up um i mean the other corner they drafted might be playing a lot of <laughs> snaps yeah. too um but yeah brent's uh I don't know if he's like. I think he's gonna be a guy that's gonna look uh, pretty boomer busty as a rookie, but uh, like the, those in, those measurables and. Yeah, I, I feel like. Would you be shocked if he has some really good reps, but also happens to lead all rookies in penalties? Like, yeah, he can get, like just throwing the Quentin Quentin Johnson TCU game where it was like he'd make two interceptions, but he also got flagged for DPI like five times. Yeah, um, he's, he's very grabby, but he's also six three with elite explosiveness, really fluid hips. Uh, and he's gonna look really good playing cover one. Yeah, at least he's in a division two where he's not facing any like top dogs twice a year. You know, at receiver. Um, yeah, no, I, like again, I think it's gonna be pretty like up and down Julius Brandt's rookie year, but I, I think this is a good pick here. Uh, in the third round, we alluded to it. Yeah, Josh Downs. Like this is a slam dunk. He should have gone way earlier. Yeah, I think he was what both of our like fifth receivers. Yep. Yep. Um, he's like Randall. Cobb light, uh, heavy in my opinion, but whatever. Like he, he has some drops earlier in his career. He really fixed that this year. Pretty damn consistent hands. Just such a, uh, nuanced red runner. He's so good at pacing his routes. He's yeah. Really good at stemming. He knows how to set up his routes. He's like, again, he's not like going to be a huge explosive play guy. He's just going to move the chains. He's going to be open on third and six. And he's going to get you seven. Like he's going to be a guy that, Anthony Richardson can trust like, like Julian Edelman, Hall of Famer Julian Edelman. <laughs> you know, and like he's again, like you said, the hands were 
like it's still a little bit of a struggle but like yeah i just like it just just a smooth loose mover you know and like i just i love that ability and yeah just a great route runner i i totally agree this feels like it's gonna be his safe guy i mean i think Pittman might be early and then i mean he's already said he's already said josh down's got that dog in him anthony richardson that is um so uh, there we go that's some training camp or mini camp hype um yeah i love the pick i i think he should have been a second round pick i think he should have gone over a lot of these receivers um but no um this is this is bully for the colts baby yeah, and then the fourth round, uh, just athletes, baby. Blake Freeland at 106, who's doesn't have good tape. Like, let's just get that out of the way. The tape is interesting. Um, there are some good reps. Yeah. There's more bad than good, I thought. But he's also 6'8 and just a ridiculous athlete. He had a really rough senior bowl, but a really great combine. Um, potential developmental tackle. They, they clearly like these types of guys. Whenever I'm in very similar vibes last year. Yeah. Um, Ryman, I thought, much better tape, though. Yes. Um, but potential swing tackle to develop into something more. Smart team to take a swing on him, too. Um, you know, like you said, they, they have a whole left tackle. Um, a team that's developed off the lineman. Um, the way the, the, you know, the tackle class was, like, I had him much lower than 106, but I don't hate, like, I, I, I'm, this is kind of where I expected him to go. And I think it's a, a good team to take, you know, to take a swing. That said, it's probably my least favorite pick they made, but, like, that, they made up for it, like, with plenty, you know, so who cares. And uh, then at 110, they took your favorite guy, Addy Adeboare of Northwestern, who most of us thought was going to go at worst, like, top 60, yeah. and... Some thought potentially sneak into the first round after his an, a, a guy who had a dominant senior bowl, a dominant combine, played more edge than interior at Northwestern, but projects more as a three tech at the next level. Yeah. Um, ridiculous get off, very good power rusher, long arms despite being only 6'2, 282, uh, which helps him kind of hide some of those size deficiencies. Creates speed to power really well. Um, there's a lot of upside with this pick, and he lands in a spot that has two really good well one all pro interior defensive lineman DeForest Buckner and one of the most underrated interior defensive linemen in Grover Stewart so there's no yeah. need for him to play uh, very much yeah that's a good spot for him where you can just rotate in when they need him uh when they ask him to and like just just let him go you know like there's not gonna be too much asked of him um and like they, they're stacking up some freaky guys on the defensive front um like you know I, I think Cody Pay is gonna come along like if, if the and Buckner's Buckner obviously but um, you know, if, if a lot of these, if these, if these guys hit this, this defensive line could finally like, you know, like it's already good, but like turn into like a, a, a pretty formidable front. Um, yeah, I think good spot for Addy sucks that he fell, but I think good home and obviously a great pick for the Colts. Uh, fifth round, they quadruple down on athletes. Yeah. Um, they start with South Carolina corner Darius Rush, who, again, we alluded to earlier, really long guy. Another guy who had a great senior bowl, tested really well. Only started playing corner, really, in 2021. Was uh, a receiver. A guy who, in high school, played all over because he played at, a, like, a lesser than high school. And he just had to do everything. He was a quarterback. So, kind of still new to the position, despite being a 23-year-old rookie. Uh, a super high upside guy with awesome ball skills. Showed really good route recognition, I thought, at the Senior Bowl. Um, no one had a better Senior Bowl than him. Yeah, it's just kind of... Um, I, th- I think for him, it, it's being 
more like better eyes in zone coverage um, not taking himself out of the play like he looked looked better i thought in man coverage than zone mm-hmm. um but like again a, a guy who goes to a situation that really fits what he does well and there's going to be opportunity for him to play would you be shocked if like branson rush are their starting corners like no because the other options are uh dallas flowers and isaiah rogers who dallas Flowers an undrafted rookie last year isaiah rogers uh was what seventh round pick two years ago six yeah. round pick two years ago and both of them are like on the team to be returned men yeah <laughs> hey i mean i had russian brents back to back on my board and in that order i don't know why rush fell to 138 honestly um, where, like, you know, we see guys with worse tape and not as athletic and didn't have a great senior ball go, you know, way earlier than he did. Um, but, that no, this is swoon for the Colts. I think, like, if they could – I think there's a chance they pan out. And, I mean, that could be a hell of a duo. Um, and, of course, getting that at 138 I, – I mean, hell, I thought he was a bit better than Brantz, but <laughs> getting that at 138 is great. Um, and then at 158 they get – Another freaky athlete in the secondary who had a great senior bowl. Cal safety, Daniel Scott, who's more of that kind of overhang, big nickel, box safety. Um, they they have an interesting mix of safeties on this mm-hmm. roster. Nick Cross, obviously, was a guy they used some draft capital on last year. He played, like, sort of, what, week one? And week then, like, one. didn't yeah. play again. Um, so I, I think Scott provides them with a guy who can – maybe develop into more than a depth piece. But for now, like a trustworthy, experienced backup safety who is a killer on special teams. Yeah, I love the Daniel Scott pick. I mean, that's one of our favorite guys uh, together, right? I mean, like Ronnie Thomas played so much for this Colts secondary last year. Yeah, I think I think Daniel Scott's going to, I mean, has got a good chance to find his way on the field too. Like I, like I said, no one's going to, you know, he plays his ass off. No one's going to outwork him, I don't think. Um, no, at 158, I think that's a great pick. And then another freaky, the fastest tight end in the draft, Miami tight end Will Mallory at 162, who's basically a big receiver, like really didn't play tight end, it felt like, at Miami. Yeah. Uh, like, was a true F that was basically a jumbo slot, but a lot of upside, like a p- pretty smooth route runner, can do some stuff with the catch. Um, not going to do a lot in line, but an interesting developmental guy. Yeah. Uh, potential like if back up Jelani Woods. Yeah, it's interesting to see what the idea here is with Mallory. I think I think that's kind of what it's going to end up being. But um, at one sixty two, why the hell not? Right, bringing this this you know he's got that straight line speed. Had like early in his Miami career, I think showed pretty damn good glimpses of a, of a potential guy. But like you said, it's just more of that you know that big jumbo slot kind of tight end style. But no, at one sixty two, why not bring him in? And 176, they get my favorite guy in the whole world, Northwestern running back Evan Hull, who get another twitched up guy, runs hard as hell. Um, really good hands. I think he's very interesting to be the maybe future Naeem Hines. Yeah. Like, I mean, right now, like Deion Jackson and Zach Moss are, are going to be the, t- the two and the three. Like it's Evan Hull's way onto this roster is what he can do on passing downs. Um but I like this one. I think I think it's this team. Yeah, me too. I, I mean, I love Joe Jackson and Zach Moss, but no one scored more touchdowns in, at the combine in Indy than Evan Hall did. I mean, guy was finished housing everything. Rap. Yeah, finished every rep. But no, at one seventy six, this is a really good pick. And like, like obviously a 
he's not Naeem and Hines, but that type of style of, of you know a satellite back that can get on the field and passing now, it's like you said, um, is what they need. And getting a guy like that, 176, very, very good pick. Uh, in the sixth round, they go with uh, Wagner, edge rusher, Titus Leo, who's like a, a rocked-up, explosive pass rusher, a good senior bowl, convert some speed to power. I thought that was a um, good little depth add for them. Yeah. And they go with Texas A&M corner Jalen Jones. I love this pick. He's one of the youngest corners in the class. I love that they tripled down on big corners. Yeah. Uh, he's a former big-time recruit, 6'2", very fluid hips. Uh, look, looks good as like that cover three type of corner. They want to do that with him in this uh, Gus Bradley defense. He's a guy who might be playing a little more than you expect. <laughs> Who's yes, yeah, seventh round pick. I mean, again, Rodney Thomas played a lot last year, so uh, why the hell not? And then and then they get Blake Freeland of the Midwest and Jake Witt. Um, yeah, the most uh, athletic tackle other than Blake Freeland, who. <laughs> Only started playing tackle like a year and a half ago mm-hmm. after playing college basketball at a different school, like Michigan Tech, then transferring to Northern Michigan, being a student, then deciding to play football, playing tight end, then getting thrown to the fire as a right tackle, then playing left tackle last year. What a story. What a story. And then gets drafted. That's awesome. Um, obviously, I don't think he's on the active roster this year, but practice squad guy, something to develop. That's pretty damn cool. Yeah, no, I just really, the commitment to take all the freak athletes. Yeah. And high upside guys. And it's a good mix of that. But, like, Josh Downs isn't that. And was just like, mm-hmm. let's fuck it. Let's just take the best receiver on, on the board who's yeah. super high floor. Because they, they did it with the, the, the big athletic guys. But also, like, all the players fit them very well. And mm-hmm. we're all and, good value. Like, everything made – it's a very, very good class. And, and I think Daniel Scott being, like, maybe the best special teamer in the class yeah. is such a slam dunk, too. Yeah. Because they also, it's it's worth noting, Chris Ballard drafted guys who just play special teams in the past. Yeah. Like, that's something he's not afraid to do. Um, like, Grant Stewart, for example. Um, and, and so, like, you just know he loved that that part of Daniel Scott's game, too. Uh, what'd you end up giving them? I'm torn between an A and an A+. Plus. What'd you Me give? Too, I give them an A. Okay, I'll, I'll come down to you this time. I'll give, I'll give them an A as well. Um a plus only for the Eagles uh, than the the Colts. I think I think I put the Colts above the Steelers class. I think it's my second favorite class. You just hate Pittsburgh. It's yeah, gross. I'll always I always will until you apologize for Super Bowl forty. You know how I feel. Ben wasn't short. Yes, he was. Okay, move on. Jacksonville Jaguars. Oh, this class is so big. I hate him. I hate it. Well, we can we can roll through the day is, three well, quick. The, the AFC South. There should be a rule. Specifically for our shows, is that division should only be allowed to have one big class. One big class, one small <laughs> class, two regular. That's the best. It sucks making but, our Instagram graphics too. But yeah, go follow us on Instagram. It's sick. Go on. Jacksonville Jaguars at 27. They trade back. Uh, they take Oklahoma tackle Anton Harrison, who I think we thought could sink into the first round. Uh, I had him at like 33, so I wasn't surprised. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I, I don't know. Had we not heard prior to the draft about the Cam Robinson suspension, I think this would have been surprising. But because of that, like I feel like it forced the Jaguars' hand. Yeah, I feel like that too. And I was much lower on Anton Harrison than you were. That said, this was the last tackle standing. You know what I mean? Like there's just yeah, none went in the second round. 
Just it was just a big old cliff. Um, it was. Go ahead. So you know who the, ne- the next tackle taken was technically Tyler Steen at sixty-five. He's going to play guard. Yeah. And then if you take him out of the equation, it was Wanya Morris at ninety-two. Yeah. Like they really didn't have a choice. No, they didn't, and that, that's why. Like I think, like when we, you know, when we talked after the first round, I said that like I again, I'm this isn't a player that I thought was a first round player, but I I don't hate this. Like you're a team that's contending for the division, you expect to win that division. You obviously just got the the big knock of you know losing your starting tackle. Um, you're staring at a gulf on the position. Uh, get a guy that can come in and and, and play for you. And, like, they'd already let Juwan Taylor walk in free yeah. agency. Walker Little is getting that shot to start, uh, who they was drafted in the second round by, the like, the last group, uh, yeah. last round office. Um, or I guess, I guess it's, technically. It's Bucky, yeah. It was Balky was there, but. Um, it's so different now. The yeah. Urban Meyer group. Yeah. Um, and I, I think Anton Harrison's a safe player. I, I think he's, like, a. Uh, Dion Dawkins becomes a Dion Dawkins level tackle. Uh, Doug Peterson obviously come from Philly. Like they had so much success by investing in that offensive line under Harry yeah. Roseman. Um, he's I, I think Harrison's a very natural pass protector, good anchor, good uh, hand placement, um, light on his feet, reaches landmarks. Got to get stronger, play with a little bit better uh, bend. But mm-hmm. like I think everything is there for him to be an above average starting left tackle for Jacksonville. Yeah, I don't see the above average part, but I, I think I don't care. As long as I get average starter from him, I think that's a good pick, right? Like, they just, like, that's such a position where if you don't have one, your whole team can, your whole offense can crumble, right? Um, so, no, I think, again, I don't love the player, but I again, I do think he's a very solid player, and you're right. He's I also think, young, which helps. Yeah, he is, he is. He's, like you said, he needs to get stronger, but... and. Now, I think you would have maybe more questions about this pick, but at 61, they just went and they took Penn State tight end Brenton Strange. And, I mean, this pick, I think, would have got more attention if Juice Scruggs was in the next pick. Uh, <laughs> well, they, they just had to go Penn State back-to-back. Respect and it. the tight ends kind of fell funny. It felt like J- Jacksonville really wanted to get one, a classic wide tight end to pair with Evan Ingram, who's on the franchise tag. And... They, they just kind of – I, I would have gone with Tucker Kraft. But yes. I, I know you would have too, who also didn't go till 78. Um, and Strange is a fine player. I just think uh, kind of similar to Anton Harrison. I just don't see a, like a, a, a guy who is totally worth that. Like, yeah. I, and he's at a less important position. I think he's like an Austin Hooper type of tight end. Yeah. I Like, look, again, I <laughs> – it's kind of similar to Scruggs, where like about bigger reach in Scruggs, where like I like Brandon Strange a lot, but like you know you still do have Evan Ingram. I know he's on the tag, but like you still have him. But so I think it's because they they want that the classic wide tight end, right? Like use Evan Ingram more of as a big body receiver, like they did last year. Uh, they lost Chris Manhurts in free agency to the Broncos. They want that blocking wide. He can do that. Uh, I again like I would have maybe. I thought he was going more in the 85 to 105 range. Yeah, there. me too. Me too. Um, but, like, I don't know. I feel like you, that's more of a guy you can get up, get off the street. That's, you know, I don't know who's available on the street. but Well, maybe, maybe they just don't want to extend Evan Ingram. But, I mean, yeah. also, I just would have taken Tucker Craft instead of Brent Strange. I, me too. I, do, I agree. Um, really sucks. Again, a player I like, but I, I think just too early. And, like you said, not a... 
not an important position. Like like where they took Anton Harrison, in my opinion, too early, but at a super important position, big need. I, I don't feel the same way about the strange like, pick. The Cowboys taking Luke Scoodmaker at 58. I wonder if they just like panicked. They're just like, well, he's not going to be there at 88. And yeah, Sco- you know what? He probably wouldn't have been. No, I, I agree. Right? Yeah, and Tucker yeah. Craft went at 78. And the next tight end was, I think, Cameron Latu. Oh, no, it was Darnell Washington. Well, then yeah. it was Cameron Latu. I mean, if they took Darnell Washington. Darnell Washington at 88 would have been sick. Yeah, it would have been very sick. Or even here, I, you know, we didn't know he was going to fall that far. Um, but, like, Tucker Craft would have, I would have felt a lot better. But I was like, you know, that makes sense. They're probably going to let Ingram walk. This feels like, I don't know, man. I, I like Brendan Strange, but just odd. And it, it hurts more as well that I, I think at 88, like, I, I agree they needed another running back in that room to go yeah. with Travis Etienne, who's got an injury history. And I, I, I think overall you just always want to have two running backs. Yeah, and a guy, um, you, you know, you want to mix in a little bit more than, yeah. Yeah, yeah. and I like Tank Bigsby a lot. I think he's going to be a good football player. Me too. But I just, I don't know that I would have used a this pick on him. I would have maybe used one of the fourth-round picks on one of the running backs I liked in there. Yeah. Um. I, I don't know. What do you think? I, no. I like. I think he's going to be a very solid back running back. I think I think he's got some big explosive playability, good mix of contact balance and uh, open field quickness. Um, but I don't know. Eighty eight. I just again. I feel like they had other needs. Um, one of them to me, uh, like corner, kind of sticks out as something mm-hmm. I may, may have invested in, or another wide receiver. Okay, I'll, I'll play – I don't disagree with you, but I'll play devil's advocate here where I think we both agree, good football player. Um, I'm not sure exactly where you had him, but this is right where I had him. Yeah, I'd say. Um, and then, like, to, to kind of put, like, well, you know, they could have went elsewhere, which, I mean, they could have. But, like, look at the next look, – look at the rest of the third round. Like, yeah, you're right. If I, like, uh, th- was there a better pick there? Not really. Keely Ringo. Well, Darnell Washington, we already said that, but I mean, yeah, Ringo. But I said rest of the third round, please don't don't twist my words. But yeah, no, I, I Ringo, Jake yes. Moody. Well, obviously, they should have went first. But like, if you want to frame it like that, but I, I totally agree with you. Where like, it feels more like you could have got a. Just, it feels like a very funky three pick combo. Yeah, I mean, like at one twenty one, which 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 backs were still sitting. They're kind of in a middle of a back uh, desert, but there was still. Like, oh, a, a Bonaconda they could have got. Like, that would have, I mean. Yeah, in the fourth round. I mean, a little, you know, I guess they wanted a little bit more thump to their back. But, yeah, in the fourth round, if you get a Bonaconda, like, you think you feel Bonaconda's heavier than Tank Bigsby. Yeah, Bonaconda's a fucking steal. I wish he, I wish he went to the Jaguars because then that would have been a great spot. But not stuck behind Brees. Or, like, Chase Brown in the fourth round. I don't know. Um, yeah. Again, but, good player. Uh, I think he's going to do exactly what they want him to do. Also, I mean, Eric Gray went in the fifth round. Yeah, I know. It's just, yeah. I hate, Rob, I, it bugs me where a lot of these backs went in the draft. <laughs> I'm going to be honest. It feels like these guys could end up in better situations. But this one is okay for, for Bigsby himself, right? I mean, yeah. Meh. Uh, I, I think, what? Their fourth round was worse. I was just I didn't, say. I was going to say their fourth, again, I thought it was a weird three picks in the top 100. Like, combination-wise, I actually like the Anton Harrison pick. Um, and I like Tank Bigsby, the player, and this yeah. is the right range. I just don't love it the way it's stacked all together. And I don't like either of their fourth-round picks. Why are they in love with taking linebackers? They, I, like, Ventrell Miller is a guy who I think is going 
to play in the NFL as a backup mic for a while, be helpful special teams player. I saw him more as a six round guy, um, undersized, but yeah. plays really hard, flies the football, uh, kind of run and chase linebacker. But like you drafted Devin Lloyd in the first round last year, you paid for Alukon, you draft Chad Muma in the third round. Yeah. Uh, like, are you just collecting off ball linebackers? Yeah, I don't. I don't know. Like, I know it's the fourth round and like this is really where you're getting depth, but. Well, hold on, but I'm the I'm the I thought I was the biggest Ventrell Miller fan, and this was still a huge reach for me. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? Um, this is a guy like I like Miller, but like he's not he's not doing much more than a box, like just working his ass off in the box, right? This like just to summarize this, I mean they they, they got better, but like this draft class feels like they're like you know we're like it feels like a team that thinks they're already a Super Bowl contender. It's just like okay, we need depth here. We could use a piece here. We, you know what I mean? That's what it felt like to me. And yeah. This I think they kind of overperformed last year. Obviously, Trevor Lawrence is the real fucking deal. You're good there, but this should have been. The, I know they weren't. They didn't have the ammo per se to do it, but this should have been the class to like put them over the top. Where it felt like they just attacked this to like kind of like, well, a backup linebacker could help. You know, like it just yeah. Or it, like at one thirty in the fourth round, they take Tyler Lacey, who to me is like a third defensive lineman who could play a little in, in a little yeah. out. Yeah. Like, like, again, another, like, one of those, like, pieces where, like, if you're a Super Bowl team, you're, like, in the fifth round, maybe. Like, okay, you know, we need some inside-outside versatility, and you take that, but I don't know. For this and, team, and I don't... Like, yeah. Last year, they got some good player to Dewan Smoot before he got hurt, and then he yeah. got hurt, and he's a free agent, and, like, this feels like the replacement for him, and, like, I don't... I think he tore his Achilles, but, mm. like, it feels like this is just their Dewan Smoot replacement, and just... Again at one thirty, like fine, I guess. I don't. I, I thought he was more of like a seventh round guy. Yeah. Um, doesn't have a ton of juice to him. Like, not the most developed hands. Sets a strong edge. Could could be a solid run player. Um, but like just the way the rest of the class stacked, I thought it was funny. Agreed. But the next three picks, I think they did really good. Yeah, one thirty six, they take Yasir Abdullah, the linebacker edge rusher out of Louisville, who's like a. Kyle Van Noy ish. Yeah. Like this one made a lot of Gennard sense. Jannard Avery ish, yeah. where it's like he's built like an off ball linebacker, like a thumping off ball linebacker, but he's super explosive edge rusher who might just be too small. But like could be a fun player to mix in here. Yeah. Similar to like how Nick Herbig landed with the Steelers in the fourth round. Like Isir Abdullah landing with the Jags in the fifth round. Like I think you might see him in a more of a pass rush role mm-hmm. because of the landing spot. Yeah, like I think this is a player that you could have you know, that 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 you could have told that they like. Like if they if they the Miller pick didn't happen, this is a it's a good pick. I mean it still is. But yeah, I think about right where I had him, uh, I don't want forty seven. Like this this is a solid pick. I like this good fit too. Um go on. In their other fifth round pick they take uh safety from Texas A M Antonio Johnson who went way later than we were expecting. Yeah. And this is the perfect spot for him. Uh another team that, that kind of still deploys some of that single high stuff and they, they like that 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 second safety to be uh mm-hmm. more of that hole player around like a big nickel around the last scrimmage a little bit more. And that's exactly what Antonio Johnson does. And my 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 comp for him was actually uh, Rashawn Jenkins, who does that for the Jaguars already. Yeah. So I feel like this is just the Rashawn Jenkins replacement in a year. Yeah, I'm not sure why um, Johnson felt like he did. I, 
you know, I thought the early second stuff was always too rich, but I think just a really solid player, and this class wasn't that deep anyways. To get him at 160, especially the safety group, you know, to get him 160, I think that's a great pick. Um, the only issue is, like, the, the safeties on the roster currently are better actors than I think he's – like, that, that's a hard to look up to, you know. Wingard killed it in that uh, stupid promo video. Um, so, like – but, no, I think, like, again, like you said, a guy that can just work around the box. He's going to be a very, very solid tackler. Um, always in the right place. Like, it's just I, – I don't Justin just feels like a player that's going to stick in the league for a long time. Never be, the, you know, anything close to a Pro Bowl, which is a very solid safety. Yeah, he's great instincts. Yeah. Um, and I love their pick at 185. This me too. This took uh, Penn State receiver Parker Washington. And this made me feel a little bit more relieved about their class after they didn't take receiver earlier. Now, I still wish they came up with more – like a bigger receiver. They just don't have a ton of size at the receiver position. They don't. Yeah. Um, and that's why I think like that's it, what Evan Ingram is to them. Uh, but Parker Washington really good with the ball in his hands after the catch, like a little power slot. Yeah, just uh, a gr- gritty receiver. Yeah, really good body <laughs> control, good hands. Uh, win- wins more um, combat catches than you expect for a receiver of his size. Like that, that's a good little depth player for them to yeah. potentially develop behind, like Christian Kirk. I like Washington. He just feels like Taylor made to stick on a roster for a long time. Um, like uh, where the other receivers were overdrafted, I think this this was a steal. Honestly, um, no good good ball player. Again, I, I like like they kind of killed the fifth round and then this pick. So made up made up for the class a bit, and then they just took a bunch of bodies. <laughs> you can run through these if, unless you really want to hit one of these guys. They, I think, hilariously like went on a run of. Taking guys I didn't necessarily think were going to get uh, drafted. Yeah. Starting with uh, Rutgers corner Christian Braswell, <laughs> who's super explosive and feisty. Uh, we love Rutgers DBs. Absolutely. So, fine depth player. Sure. Um, and then they, again, it's surprisingly, I mean, both Pittsburgh safeties end up in division. But um, uh, they took Pittsburgh safety Eric Hallett who is uh, another guy who's a kind of similar player to um, to Brandon um, Brandon Hill. And they, like, he's kind of this nickel safety hybrid, willing tackler, uh, tested really well, pretty good instincts, like smart football player, like fine depth, good, uh, different, <laughs> but similar type of safety Antonio Johnson. Like not the same yeah. size, but similar thing or plays a similar role. I like the Cooper Hodges pick in the seventh round at Appalachian state, really athletic, um, zone tackle who i think is gonna play guard played a lot uh, of ball yeah he started a ton of, uh, of games i like the footwork a little bit um a player i super didn't think like those other guys was, okay okay not super shocked they were drafted i did not think raymond voasek from north carolina was gonna get drafted who's like a try super hard type of nose tackle uh, um he's super high effort guy uh plays with good leverage like i don't know if he's making this team but i i thought that was okay and then of course their final seventh round pick houston fullback Derek parish who's an edge rusher at houston super productive but t- a tiny edge rusher uh gonna be a freaking stud on special teams and like a physical fullback who just needs to learn how to play fullback but they don't have one on the roster so special teams make him onto this roster and then you might see him a little bit. Do you think like this, like, you know, drafting a guy like this, and I know it's not really the same thing, but Brendan Strange can kind of do that fullbacky stuff. Do you think that's kind of an idea there with him? 
because um, he was really good as like just when they when Penn State let him just kind of lead block, you know, in the whole. Well, yeah, I mean the 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 next team we're going to talk about the Titans like they they drafted a tight end who also does st- yeah. stuff and like they did it last year too with Chig and like yeah I think that is something where unless you have like a stupendous special teamer at fullback like your your fullback's really like your second or your third tight end yeah. Because, yeah, Brent, Brent Strange is good at playing he fullback. Yes, He is. I thought, like, the best – I mean, Wiley, was, like you said, is pretty good too. But I thought Strange was low-key the best. Um, hard class to grade, I found. Yeah. I thought it was the, the least appetizing of the AFC South, but it had the most picks. Yeah, agree with you. I think I'm going to – we've been falling back on our grades. I kind of a split here. I'm going to give him a C plus. I give him a C plus. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, just weird – kind of class some good picks some uh, picks and just stacked funny with those yeah that those top 100 picks and then they right. just threw through bodies baby and now we get the a plus tennessee <laughs> titans ran carthon's first drafts the titans gm mike rabel is he happy i find th- out mid-season I think so. if ran carthon still has a job <laughs> i think he looked happy in the war room uh it was a very titans pick to kick it off at 11 there's all this Will Levis talk. They didn't trade up. They stick. They picked. They took the best offensive lineman on the board, Pierce Skaronsky. They need to get better up front. Um, the Titans, when they're good, run the football mm-hmm. and have a damn good offensive line. Skaronsky should plug right in, at, I think, left guard and potential all-pro as a guard. Yeah, great pick. Um, like I think the best player they could have taken there. Um, great fit. Like you said, I they just – the offensive line has not been as good. You know, they they kind of kept finding pieces to fill it out. Last year, it felt like it fell apart, like slightly, right? Um, but no, bringing Skronsky in, um, plug him. I mean, hell, they they need a they need a tackle too. But I, yeah, I think he's playing left guard. Um, and that yeah, I think that's going to just hit big time. What what more can I ask for? Sorry, he was kind of boring though. So I I don't know if I would have taken him at eleven or off. Sorry. Yeah, Arthur Smith knows what he's doing. Uh, yeah, I don't, I I just feel like. I feel like we're not going to talk about Skronsky much this year just because he's going to be really good and, like, actually will be boring because he'll just be really good. And, like, the Titans might not be very good, but he'll be really good. It was funny. We didn't talk much about Petit Friere last year because he was just solid. Not – he's not going to be as good as Skronsky, but just solid, right? It's, like, kind of below average, but, like, potential rookie tackle. Yeah, yeah. He just was never awful and was never great. Like, he's just okay. Um, But, no, I think Skronsky – I think we'll talk about Skronsky. Come on, we'll talk Skronk. I hope so. I will, we'll, we'll rename the pod to Talking Skronk. Uh, we'll definitely be talking about Will Levis if he starts a game. Uh, they took him at 33 after that horrific wait in the green room. Didn't go in the first round. Um, I think ultimately great landing spot. This mm-hmm. was the best team for him, and that's why I think they were connected to him so much in the first round. They don't have to use first-round capital on him. They trade up. They get him. Uh, to me, he can be a Ryan Tannehill if everything yeah. works out. Like he's a very similar player, really like almost like mind-numbing the ability to stick in the pocket under pressure and get lit up, but complete passes. Um, athletic, but like doesn't use that. Like it doesn't translate. <laughs> yeah. It's weird. Like, well, just like they, you never think Ryan Tannehill was an X wide receiver, right? Yeah. <laughs> like Will Levis moves well, but he does not run well. No. Um, and he, he's not great at extending plays, but he's really good on those play action sh- deep shots. Like yeah. he'll hold in the pocket under fire on those. He'll rip it. He's a cannon. Um, 
quick release too for like kind of the big armed guy. Yeah. Uh, if you can protect Will Levis, he's gonna be he's gonna be a solid quarterback. I think. I still don't think he's got the effect here, but that's another thing. Yeah, but he, like Will Levis would have been my quarterback one last year. Like, so. it would have been him and like he would have been in the mix for me. They close, I think, with uh, Malik and Pickett. So, um, so they got your quarterback one's the last two drafts. Yeah, baby. Um, yeah, I don't like. I don't know, but I think I think great for Will Levis that he wasn't taken, you know, top five because. That means he's not going to be expected to start right away. You know, he can just sit behind Tannehill, and I think he'll he'll end up starting at some point this season, of course. But he's not going to get thrown into the fire. The expectations aren't going to be you know insane. Um, like you said, I think it's just a really good team for him to land on. Um, you know, like the receiver core will end up having to be built more up around him. But I think like of any team, this is the one I could see him becoming a competent starter on. You know? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, in at 81, they go with Ty J. Spears, the two lane running back. This one's interesting because Spears are a player who I feel like the fantasy world was super excited about where he would land, big play back, like compared to Aaron Jones. And he lands behind Derrick Henry. And the mm-hmm. Titans haven't had a lot of luck with the running backs they've taken no. to back up Derrick Henry. Um, obviously, Spears has the knee concerns as well. Um, but just in terms of pure tape, I, I, I thought like one of the most fun running backs in this class. Yeah. Uh, great mix of looseness, contact balance, um, and burst, catch the football well. Uh, could really add that pass catching dynamic to the backfield if they utilize that. Um, I think that the, the, like none of these picks were bad value. No, not at all. Skronsky, I think, is a slam dunk. Will Levis totally makes sense. Spears maybe makes some less sense, especially when you consider they just didn't take a receiver in the with a top 150 pick, well, and they have the worst receiving core on paper in the mm-hmm. league. Yeah. So on Spears quickly, I love Tajay Spears so much. Um, I think it's funny when when we talked about him. I, th- I think he, I said he has an it factor, and Will Levis doesn't. So. He's got an in-factor as a running back. So, and then, you know, like you said, that the, he's got no cartilage in his knee. Like, that's scary. And like you said, they've had, like, no success drafting uh, Derrick Henry's backups and, you know, d- drafting the smaller style back. I mean, Haskins had, didn't work out last year either. So that scares me off. Um, that feels like they shouldn't have been the team to take him the top 100, you know? It, it feels like it should have been a team that, like, okay, we can – we can bring this guy in and really kind of let him be a 1B quickly. Whatever. But, I mean, who cares? Love the player. But, yeah, it just – I don't know. I don't I don't mind this this class. I think I think that – but I do think that not addressing the receiver spot is kind of a question – very questionable. Yeah. See, like, I also see, like, maybe they understand Eric Henry's getting older. Uh, the wear and tear, like – yeah. Thunder and Lightning. Like, there's a way that this ends up being a really fun duo. Absolutely, yeah. Um, and, again, it's like, this is right around where he should have gone. Yep. Uh, I love Ty J. Spears. You love Ty J. Spears. And kind of my takeaway isn't that they made bad picks. It's just the position they didn't come away with is just very concerning. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, 
they also to me seem like like when Mike Vrabel's the head coach, like they're going to compete. They think they can win the AFC South. Like yeah. this isn't a tank job for Caleb Williams. They wouldn't have traded up for Will Levis if that was the long play, you know? Yeah. Um and it's just Traylon Burks had an up and down rookie year. Um and it, the fact it, it it's not even about him. It's more about like what's on this roster after him. Nick yeah. Westbrook Aquina is by far your number two receiver. Yeah. Straight up, I don't know. Like, I don't know who their third receiver is. I think is it's it, is it it's, Chris Moore? I think it's be Kyle Phillips, <laughs> who who did nothing as a rookie after having way too much hype. Well, no, um, had a great week one and then got hurt and then yes, nothing. Um, and it's just very concerning. Uh, but hey, the fifth round they. I mean, they had some luck with their with the tight end they took in the fourth round last year in Chigakonkwo, the yeah. all-rookie tight end. And they took Josh Wiley here at 147. Big, athletic, kind of we mentioned. He, he can move around a little bit. He plays fullback. I, I think this is interesting, like, how they'll deploy him and Chigakonkwo together. They they lost Austin Hooper. They were looking for another tight end. My, my concern is, like, neither of them's a true Y tight end. Yeah, They're both more, like, F tight ends, but yeah. we'll see. Yeah, they don't really have one on the roster either. Uh, Travon Wesco, baby. Remember all the Wesco hype? Like, oh, I love. I still love Wesco. I I love that he's still on a roster. Um, <laughs> but yeah, Travon Wesco, baby. Who's another fullback? Um, yeah, I, I think Wiley pick is solid. I'm again. I think it would have been. They should have been looking more at like a Y style tight end, but. It's gonna be interesting to see how they deploy him and Chig. At least, hey, I, I, I know that they believe in Chig, and that's all I care about. Um, yeah, no, for sure. I mean, I, I think the idea is they took Josh Wiley to, with hopes of maybe putting on twenty pounds and playing him as that white tight end. Yeah, I think so. And like, it's funny. Like, if you look, well, they need a white tight end. Like, the next tight end take him is Will Mallory. Yeah, uh, who's super not a white tight end. Yeah. Uh, and and then it was Payne Durham, who is, but. Like, I can understand when you're looking at Josh Wiley versus Payne Durham, you're going to yeah. bet on the upside of, of Josh Wiley with all that size and athleticism. Like, oh, Payne Durham's done a great athlete. Who had a better senior bowl? That's all that matters to me. Amen. I think Payne Durham ran like a 4-9. Um, <laughs> but, okay, in the sixth round, I like this. They take Maryland tackle Jalen Duncan, get another polarizing guy who I think we both thought he'd get overdrafted and he got kind of underdrafted. I yeah. thought he was more of a fourth-round guy. Um, six six, super athletic. Just we talked about it a lot. Like put himself in position to make plays because that athleticism then wouldn't make the plays. Um, it felt like just like really lacked that edge and didn't yeah. sustain blocks well. But if you could develop him, like he, honestly, he's kind of similar to Andre Dillard, who they signed to a one year contract. Yes, yeah. No, this is a good pick here. I mean, yeah, like he he. He is not ready to be a starting tackle in the NFL, but the potential is there, right? And I don't think anyone else you're going to get in this you range. You need him to be a swing tackle, and that's all you need. I'm just saying, but like this is a team that could, he could possibly develop into something. Um, yeah, no, I think he was going to be. I thought, yeah, we both had more of a fourth round guy. No, oh, that's a good. That's a really good pick here. Good value. Okay, at one uh, or what two thirty six? I love this. Every seventh round pick should have to stay in state, right? Absolutely. They, they stay in state with UT Martin receiver Colton Dowell, who is not a player I had uh, watched prior to the draft. Me neither. Hand up. Wasn't in on the UT Martin tape. But now you have a but, first round. Oh, my God. On. This guy's so fun. Like, he, he he's just winning. I, I also think, 
like so many people hadn't watched him and the amount of people i have seen uh be like this guy yeah, there's something to this guy including lance Zierlein, who watched like 500 players um tested but really damn well he tested super well super explosive and athletic ran sub uh sub four four five and it just mosses dudes like just wins contested catches. yeah it's, it's big like you know well put together six three two fifteen like, like totally worth the swing at two thirty. oh yeah love it oh yeah no or, this is sorry, a, 228 228 228 yeah this is a great pick um they, there you go that's their number three receiver who cares love it yeah who cares uh i ended up giving them a b I gave him a B plus. Um, I think that that the Skaronsky pick will make the draft. You know, uh, still like I'm not a huge Will Levis fan, but getting him in the second round rather than anyone overdraft, you know, really overdraft him as smart as wise. Yeah, you're giving them points for not taking him at eleven. Uh, look, I thought it was going to happen. Love Ty J Spears, weird spot, but I don't care. I still love the player. Wiley's cool. Duncan's got something to him, and then Colton Dowell's wide receiver one. So what's not to love? This this division. It's going to be won by the Indianapolis Colts. You're calling it? Consider it called. Okay. 